This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. I want you to stand to your feet. Would you? I'm going to count to three. We're going to do a one, two, three and say, we did it. Okay, are you ready for this? This is a celebration moment. We raised $53,000 in, yeah, right? Ready? Are you going? One, two, three. Yeah! We did it. It was awesome. Julie's having problems. <laughs> Celebrate Julie today. She did it. Awesome. Let's give God one more round of applause before you're seated. Would you do that? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you very much. I just want to kind of give some, give some context to this moment of celebration. Uh, in 2000, uh, Relevant Life Church, Calvary Temple has always been a missions-giving church, those of you that have been on, on the board and all. But I can tell you, we can go back to 2007. And uh, a high year of giving for us, we gave $33,000 to missions in an entire year. What I want to show is I want to reveal today God's faithfulness that not just an entire year, but in a little bit over a month, we raised $53,000 for missions, right? Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Uh, and we're excited about that, which we'll, we'll announce it a little bit later in the year, but we have gone over well over $100,000, the most we've ever given to missions, most we've ever given away. So it's a celebrating moment, right? And we're excited about that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your your generosity. Thank you for your sacrifice. Um, what an opportunity. We were able to complete the vehicle for Slaters in Africa, as well as complete a vehicle for another missionary uh, that, that is able to get their vehicle as, as we step into it. So we're excited about that. Today we have a, a, a special guest. Uh, he's, he's really special to us. Uh, David Charles Sasser is going to come preach. And would you put your hands together as we celebrate? Yeah. A twirl? No. <laughs> I don't have the right skirt on. Uh, <laughs> this is fun. We should do this every Sunday. We apologize for people with sensitive ears, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was a special canon for me. That was a surprise. Uh, <laughs> took me off guard there a little bit. Happy New Year, everyone. I, I hope your Christmas was amazing. I hope your New Year celebrations were amazing. Do I have any confetti on me? Just, no? Okay, good. I was just like, what if I had a piece on my head like the whole time? Nobody hears what I say. Nobody's going to listen to me. So you would tell me, thank you, Ali. She's the only kind one here. The rest of you. Oh, that, I'm sorry. It was Rhonda. You guys are so similar in your spirituality and closeness to Jesus. Um, so you guys, we're just going to have some fun today. No, I'm, I, I do plan on bringing the word, but I, I do love to have some fun when I'm up here. So um, we're, we're going to do a little bit of, of looking back to be able to look forward a little bit better, okay? So I really like our worship service that we had today. All three songs, we sang about the goodness of God. We sang about the, the first song, like the title was Hindsight. We're, we're singing about 
how we remember God and how that should affect us in the future, right? And, and even Pastor Allie, when she was up here hosting, she literally preached my message. And Pastor Kevin, again, this is, this is a day that we get to remember what God has done, who he is, and it's a day that should launch us as Christians, as believers, as people that are excited about Jesus, amen? Excited about Jesus, amen? That we get to look into 2022 in a way that non-believers, they don't have the hope that we have. So our mission, right, is to share that hope. But if you don't feel that hope, if you're not living that hope, how can you give that hope away? So we're going to step into this, into this message today about remembrance. And that's not the sermon title. We'll get to that in a little bit. How many of you um, are actually looking forward to 2022? Raise your hands. Okay, so maybe about half of us. Okay, and that's understandable considering the last couple years, right? We were all excited for 2021, and then it happened. <laughs> so as we step into 2022, I bet a lot of us have reservations about what this year is going to look like, and, and I have those too. I'm, I'm kind of a person that tries to not get too excited about things. So when I look at 22, I'm just like, what? what are you going to do, right? I'm just sitting there going, I, I don't want to get too excited because then I might be disappointed, right? So it's self-preservation. That's all it's about with me. So as we look into 2022, I bet there's some of you that really are excited about 22 and what it will bring. But I, I, I think there's a lot of us that are really reserved, like myself, not wanting to get excited about this new year. And I think there's another group of people that are just completely like Debbie Downers, and they're just like, whatever, it's going to be terrible, right? So whatever group you find yourself in, I'm not judging you today, we're going to try to address some of these issues, some of the concerns we have with this coming year. And I believe that all of what you're feeling, no matter what you are feeling, is a product of what we have experienced in the last couple years, right? So as we look forward today, the first thing I want to do is look back at the last couple years. And I, got, I have a list that I've made about all, well, all, all of the things that we as a church, we as a people, we as individuals have gone through in the last couple years. So here we go. Political division. Social manipulation through media. Riots. Even in our great state of Oregon, raged for months. COVID-19 started in the, in the early 2020. There was two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> two weeks to flatten the curve. There were massive nationwide restrictions. There was mask mandates that are still challenging today for most of us. Social distancing mandates. Only essential workers working uh, in offices or, or job sites. People were isolated from one another. The elderly were cut off from their families. You could no longer go and visit them. Many businesses suffered so much loss they were forced to close. The wildfires. 
You guys remember that? The wildfires that happened in Oregon, and they're always in California, so that's just, you know, that's just a thing down there for them. But the wildfires that got so close to us here in Salem. And then the ice storm, right? Welcome 2021. And then we had a new president that was elected through a lot of debate and, and criticism. Prices of goods and services went up, gas, cars, homes. They're just ridiculously expensive right now. And then one of the biggest ones didn't affect me necessarily, but the lack of toilet paper. <laughs> right? Right? It's a pandemic. The first thing we go for is toilet paper. Lumber prices soared. Many people will never return to in-person work. Churches had to shut their doors going to full online services. You guys remember that with Relevant Life Church? In like three days, we had to go, oh, we had to get a camera. We had to produce online. So that's, that was for months we had to do that. Church attendance has suffered, and it's still suffering to this day. And then the cargo ships that are stuck that are delaying all of our Amazon packages. <laughs> Tragedy. Tragedy around the world. You guys, there's so many things that has happened in the last two, two years. Unprecedented amount of things that have happened to us in the last couple years. Some of them nationwide, some of them worldwide, obviously the pandemic, but some of them hit really, really close to home. And some of them as I read this list, I bet some of you have very emotional responses to these. Maybe some of you, whether online or here today, actually lost a home in the wildfires. Maybe you know someone that's really close to you that lost a home in the wildfires. Maybe you're still cleaning up from the ice storm from last year. I, I know people that still have trees and stuff on their property, and they're just like, man, I just got to wait till next year. And I'm like, what if there's another ice storm? It's just going to keep piling up. But each one of us has been impacted in a very individual way. And I pray that none of you were impacted in a very negative way with the alternative methods that were provided with the shortage of toilet paper. And I pray that None of you were so impacted that you had to spend twice, three times, or even four times as much to build a deck or a shed or anything like that. Like, these are just really practical things that have just impacted all of us. But how we remember these things can seriously impact how we mentally, emotionally, and spiritually approach 2022. So I was, I was supposed to preach last week, and... It was supposed to be kind of like a sermonette, right? It was supposed to be, PK was like, dude, you can just preach like 20, 25 minutes, totally fine. So this week, I had to go back and add more to my message. So I'm hoping not to preach more than an hour and 15 minutes, okay? <laughs> but I'm trying to, my, last week, my, my focus was, man, okay, this is a Sunday right between Christmas and New Year, and so I'm I'm, I'm working through this like, okay, how do, we, how do I approach that? How, God, how do you want me to do this transition between Christmas and New Year and looking to what we have and have had and looking into the future? And so this, this sermon is one of 
transition. It's, it's going to be a, a little bit different. We're going to try to look at things a little bit differently today. So let's, let's try something together. You guys with me? Let's try to get past what's happened and look to a brighter future. Okay, there's a, there's a key word in there. It's try, right? Everyone say try. try. Right, so I, I understand that we can't all get there. And you're not all going to get there today in an hour and a half sermon. But I, I want to talk about this brighter future that I'm talking about. This, everyone's like, well, but what if the circumstances don't change? What if things around me are, are still just a mess? Well, I would come back to you and say that your brighter future isn't something that happens to you, it's something that you produce inside of you. Because as Christians, we have a hope that goes beyond circumstances. We have a hope that goes beyond what we face every single day. So there's a, a slide I, I want up here. It's got like three different quotes on it. Two of them didn't have an author, one did. But the first one says, you can't change your past but you can learn from it and change your future. The second one, the past cannot be changed, forgotten, edited, or erased. It can only be accepted. And C.S. Lewis says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. There's hope, right? It, it, in a way, it doesn't matter what's happened in the last couple years. It's in the past. But in a way, it does. Because I hope, I truly hope that God has used it to shape you into who you are today. Maybe you're a mess. Maybe that's what God wants right now. I, I hope you truly believe that. I, I've been messed up by this pandemic. I know God was working some things in me. I'm, I'm trying to rebuild myself in a different way. So one of the most important things that we need to learn about looking back is that it's really emotionally based. Really most of our remembering, our, our, our stuff like that is, is actually brought up through our emotions. We have an emotional connection to it. So as we look back, we have these pain points on our circumstances, pain points in the areas of our past. And so how do, we, how do we get past that? How do we emotionally work through these past pains? Well, I think it's looking to the hope of a God of the future. You guys remember the good old days? You know, like 26 months ago? <laughs> Uh, we've all, we have all looked back and went, man, life was so much better, so much easier back then, right? How, how many people could say that honestly you've thought, I wish I could go back in time and I wish I could just skip like this pandemic just never happened. Let's go back to life and, and what it looked like before. I, I want to look, I, I want to I drive to work I want to sit next to my coworkers. I want to talk to them around, you know, the 
coffee pot or whatever. You know what I mean? I want this social interaction. I want to be able to go out and purchase a car, not for 40% over markup. There's things that we desire that we can't necessarily get back. But the stress and the strain of our current culture can, it really makes us want to flee where we are, right? It makes us want to withdraw. It makes us want to come away from and not push into. But God is calling us, God is asking us to continue to push into him and what he wants for us. So we're going to look at that today. You guys, when I talk about like current culture and stuff and like remembering the past, did I read an article one time that I'm, so I'm 44 years old. My generation, this article said, is one of the last great generations. Sorry for everyone that's younger than me, but their context for this was that every other generation past my generation won't remember the, the great things of the past, right? You're not going to remember getting up out of your chair to walk up to the TV to turn the channel, right? <laughs> You're not going to remember holding a phone that you can only walk six feet away from the wall <laughs> unless you had one of those 25-foot cords that you could, like, go into the kitchen, laundry room, down the stairs, and then it, like, just curled up into this weird knot thing. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, I had one of those cords. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> or you're outside with a cordless phone. And you're like, oh, oh, it's breaking up. I got, got to go back. Or <laughs> it's all these things of the past. And when I was a really little kid, we even had the rotary dial phone. Oh, man, don't mess up. That's another five minutes trying to dial. Oh, crap. Dang it, I did that. Sorry, I said crap. I apologize for that. <laughs> he said a worse word this morning. You guys weren't even here. <laughs> but we, as children, we lived outside. We didn't live inside. We didn't have our faces glued to screens. We didn't know everything. As most of us raising children know that all of our children know everything now because they have access to all the knowledge in the world. Thank you, world, for giving us <laughs> that. You guys, a couple weeks ago, my brother sent me a text message. And we don't, we don't text a lot. We're like, we're men. So we just get together and we just assume that everything's fine and that our... We just hug and then carry on with normal conversation. So, and that could be like every six months. But anyways, he texts me, and I was like, oh, my, my brother texts me. Cool. You know, so I open the text, and it's got this link to eBay. And I'm like, okay. So I, I click on this link, and I go there, and this image comes up. And it's like it blows my mind because it, it instantly takes me back. It instantly fills me with emotions and, and this memory of our past as, as two young boys growing up. And, and I have a slide of this image. <laughs> so this is a boglin, okay? Don't, 
don't criticize me. Don't, this isn't the devil, okay? It's, it was a child's toy. It's made of like this really flexible rubber stuff. It's a hand puppet, okay? So he sent me this, <laughs> this message, and he's like, do you remember this? And so I go back, and I'm like, yes. Like, I absolutely remember this. It was absolute hours of enjoyment, okay? <laughs> I know. You guys are like, wait, that was hours of enjoyment? If you know me, you know that I am silly. <laughs> I'm mildly retarded at times. I can do some voices, okay? I can kind of, you know. And so I'm not a bad puppeteer. So with this hand puppet that you could deform all of the facial features of this puppet, I was entertaining my brother for literally hours at a time. We would just sit on our beds across from each other and just... And he's just, <laughs> just, you know, just laughing. And it was, and I love, I love making people laugh, okay? Just like you guys today, I love making you laugh. Um, and so it brought back all of these memories, and there was this emotion that was attached to it. And, and it, was, it was a good time. I remember these times with my brother. But on those same beds, in that same room, there are other memories, there are memories of being bent over and being spanked because of something obviously my brother had done. Um, I was always the instigator. I always had the plan. <laughs> we would, I would always get spanked. He would just stand there and go, yeah, it was him. Uh, <laughs> but we had so many other memories that uh, on other accounts weren't as pleasant. Like, we had, at one point, we had this yellow jacket hive that was outside. You know, they'd, their hives are in the ground, so you can't see them. But in the morning, in the winter, right, you wake up to go to school. What do you do? You turn on, turn on your light, and you start getting ready. Well, sometimes we would have the window open because we didn't have air conditioning, and, you know, it's early kind of fall weather. It would still get pretty warm, so to cool down our room at night and have the window open. Well, we'd wake up and our window, after we turned on the light, is plastered, covered with yellow jackets. They are trying to get to the light. They, they think the sun is up because our light is shining out on their nest and they think, oh, we need to go to the light. And so we wake up and there's, I mean, horrible sounds. <laughs> It's just like yellow jackets, trying, and there's, there's just a screen there. And so, uh, it's really frightening. Just don't, don't ever do that. Not that you'd have a choice. But another memory, we're sitting across a bed from each other, and I have, have you, did you guys ever get one of those little, like, bow and arrows with little suction cups on them? Right? I love those things. I don't know why. They shoot terrible. Um, I think I got it from the fair, and we were sitting there, and I was, you know, just messing with it. Well, I don't know. I went to the kitchen, grabbed a toothpick, and I told you I always had the plan. So I thought, I mean, why don't I just stick the toothpick in the end of the suction cup and then shoot my brother in the leg, right? So everyone's like, we're not listening to you anymore. You're a bad person. And I'm like, I was 12 right? So, and a boy. So that's just what you do. You just shoot your brother. And he was younger, so it's totally acceptable in the, 
in the area of what you do to younger brothers, right? So we're just sitting there, and I'm just like, oh, ah, right? Just the arrow falls off, but the toothpick is still in his leg, and he can't pull it out because it's wood, and I don't know if you know that it's really hard to pull wood out of flesh. And so I had to help him, and then I had to bribe him not to tell our parents that I had done that. So it's, there's these great memories of, of this weird, creepy-looking creature, right? Hours of fun and laughter, but then there's the bees, there's the stabbing of the leg. At one point, for some reason, me and my brother thought it was cool to, like, burn action figures under my bed, and <laughs> it melted onto the carpet, and... It's all these weird memories that I remembered that was in that room, on those beds, under the bed, burning stuff, almost lighting the house on fire. (laughs) There's a flood of emotions that can come with a a simple text message that my brother sends out. We can all experience the same things, right? The same things can happen to all of us across the board. We can go back to this list of things and realize that all of these things have happened to us, but all of us process them differently. All of us process them differently. So my sermon title today is Those Were the Days. Everyone say, Those Were the Days. All right, I want to focus on Psalm 77. I want to read the entire chapter. Don't worry, it's not incredibly long, all right? So this is written by Asaph. He's uh, like a worship leader uh, for David, and he's right. So this is a song, okay? So I'm not going to sing it for you. Don't worry. I don't have the worst voice, but I don't know the tune, and it really doesn't make sense as a song the way it's written here. So let's let's go ahead. You guys open up your Bibles, your apps, whatever, and I'm going to pray real quick. God, thank you for today. God, thank you for a chance to remember what you've done for us, God, so that that will affect us in a way that we can look forward to a future in you. God, and I just pray that everyone would be receptive today of your word and, and what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Psalm 77, it reads, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? And I've kind of felt this. I've kind of thought this the last couple of years. Then, Asaph says, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. 
The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, through your footprints, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So this passage can be broken up in three different ways. And really quickly, the first way is when Asaph is coming and going, God, where are you? God, I don't, I don't see you, God. God, I'm crying out for you. God, you don't, are you even listening to me, God? And I think in a lot of ways we can relate to this. I know each of us have had situations and circumstances where we go, God, I don't, I don't feel you in this. God, where are you? God, I thought, I thought America was your chosen land, God. God, where are you protecting us and our rights and, and, and how we, we live out our American lives here? We've all felt alone and isolated. There's hope, and that's found in the second section of this text. When, when Asaph comes and says, God, I will remember all the things that you have done. God, I remember who you are. God, what, what, what other God is there like you? And then the third section is where Asaph comes and, and starts remembering specifically the things that God has done. He starts going, God, you, you've made the waters move for the people. God, you saved your Israelites, right? He's talking about the time of Moses, and Moses led the, the Israelites out of Egypt, and he, he split the water, that miracles were performed, that he saved his people. He didn't remember the bad things, though. He didn't remember how Moses didn't walk into the promised land, right? He could have. He didn't remember, you know, he didn't go, oh God, but you left the Israelites in Egypt for a long time, God, before you saved us. God, where were you then? No, he remembered the good things that God had done. He remembered all of the faithfulness that we see from God throughout history. One of the commentators uh, I was reading about this passage. He actually says this about it. He says, the remembrance of the age-old acts of God is the basis of faith. God has been, is, and always will be. The reflection of his acts in the past is comforting to those who need him in the present. In other words, how we see God's faithfulness in our past will determine how we view today and how we will live out our tomorrow. In fact, the foundation of our faith is based on what God has already done. The saving grace of our Father, this, this God that said, I love these people so much that their relationship is so broken with me that he's going to come and he's going to give the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. He gave his son, Jesus. And through that gift, we were reunited in relationship with God. And we were given this hope that goes beyond all other hopes. 
Charles Spurgeon says this, blessed is the fact that Christians can rejoice in the deepest distress. No matter what has happened or what is currently going on in your personal lives, we as Christians have a hope that, that in this hope you can actually find blessings. You can actually find God working miracles in your situation. And just this week, you know, I was talking to PK and I'm like, we have this forerunner and it just seems to keep having issues. I get one fixed and it just has another issue. And I'm like, man, it's like becoming what we call the money pit, right? And I'm like, I, we just don't have the money. We've, we've spent so much money on Christmas. I, I just don't know what to do. And God was faithful because I had my company mail me my paychecks this last week because I didn't know with the snow if I was going to get there and whatnot. So I got my paycheck a little later and I'm like, why, why do I have two paychecks? Well, the second one was a bonus. And I didn't even realize that a bonus was coming my way. They didn't communicate anything. It was complete and utter surprise. And God can do that for us. He can surprise us in incredible ways. So I want to hit three little points. I know I've actually preached way longer than what I was planning on preaching, honestly. I need to do a better job looking at the time. I got like eight and a half minutes left. So we're going to go through these three little points, and I pulled them from what that, what that commentator said, and it's actually pulled from Hebrews 13, that, God, that, that Jesus Christ is the same Everyone say it with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So our first one, first point is God is not a has-been, but God has been. God has been there for his people, his creation, for how long? Forever. Like he is the creator of mankind. He will not let us fail. He is your biggest ally. There's so many times that God personally has saved me. I can't speak of everyone's situations, but I know that God has saved me so many times from myself. And God has saved me physically multiple times from like death situations. And I won't go into those, but I know that God has been there for me personally. As we were sitting here and we were singing those worship songs, I could not help but remember the faithfulness of our God in my life. And I don't, I don't know how to communicate that to you, but I know right now you can take just a few seconds and remember why you're sitting here. You can remember how you're sitting here through the grace of God. You can remember that God has done amazing miracles in your life to get you to be the person you are today in the situations you are today. And maybe they're not exactly what you wanted, but they're exactly what God wanted for you. So God is not a has-been, but God has been there for all of us. Second one. God was... And God 
still is. Because of what God did in, the, did in the past, we can step back and realize that he can do for us today those same things. Again, it goes back to this hope. Not, not a hope in a government. Not in a, a, a hope of, of just restrictions that we hope will shift in 2022. There are things that are far more important than a mask mandate. There are things that are far more important than whether or not you have to wear a mask to go into a restaurant, sit down, take off your mask, eat your meal, put your mask back on, and walk 10 feet out the, the restaurant door. Does that, does that change your life as a Christian? No. God is doing something today, but he can only do those things today through us. Whatever we face in 2022 doesn't change the goodness of our God. Many of us want masks to go away. Raise your hand if you don't want to wear a mask. Some people didn't raise their hand. They're just lazy. They want masks to go away. <laughs> How many people want vaccine restrictions to change? Right? You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. I, nope. How many people want to regain the freedoms, listen to me, that we think we have lost? What if I told you none of that will ever happen? What if I told you that none of that will ever happen? I, I don't know if that's true, but what if it doesn't? What if, what if things only get worse? What if the, the nation goes in, into just... It just continues to diminish. What if our freedoms are actually stripped away? What if as Christians we are persecuted? What if as believers in God that, that this world will actually start condemning us, will actually be jailed, will actually be persecuted, we will actually be suffering for Christ? What if? Does that change your relationship to Jesus Christ? Does that change who he is and how he is in your life? No. It's hard to think about, but there are far more important things than these circumstances that are going on in our lives. Because our hope is found in Jesus. Third one, God was, God is, and God will always be. I spent a lot of time looking back and, and finding kind of my right perspective for this message. And, and in doing that, I, I spent a lot of time remembering all the things in my past. I spent a lot of time, you know, just going over, God, man, look how you've been so good to me. And how should that, how should that knowledge about God being faithful to me, working miracles in my life, how can that shift my perspective now and shift my perspective about what the future is going to be. Because what God is doing in me now, what God has done in the past, shapes what our future is going to look like because we start doing things differently. God doesn't change. God isn't different. God, God has always been. God is and he will always be the same in the future. So we are always going to have this hope. 
We are always going to have the love that God offers us. He has already given us this sacrifice of his son that has reconnected us with him. We have a future in God that goes beyond any explanation that we can humanly come up with. We have a future in heaven in eternity with Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon says it this way, it's a blessed thing when darkness below gives us an eye to the light above. I've lost my perspective in the last couple years. How many people can say that you've lost your perspective in the last couple years? There's a section, sorry, there's a section. (laughs) I went like teenage boy through puberty right there. I figured I'd call it out because you guys were going to laugh at me anyways in your minds. Real quickly, I want to read a section out of Psalm 78. So we read all of Psalm 77, but I want to read a little section in Psalm 78. I know we only have a couple minutes left, but I really want to end on this because I really think that this, this is really important. What we have just talked about is important, but I really want to show you why we need to do this. So here we go. 78 verse 1 through 8. My people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from the old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. Here we go. We will not hide them from our descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decrees statues for Jacob and establishes the law of Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they would turn, in turn would tell their children. They would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands. This is the why. Because if, if we don't understand what God has done for us, and we don't understand that God is still that same God today and that he is going to change our future the way that he wants to change our future, but our perspective needs to be that we have a God and he is our hope that goes beyond all circumstances, that if we don't learn those things, if we don't act that way, if we don't have this hope that should cause us not to fear, not to to have conversations like, oh man, I can't, I don't even think 2022 is gonna be great. I think everything's just gonna be terrible again. We're gonna have more mandates like the governor and the president. Your children hear you. The next generation is watching you. Have a hope on your lips people. Have a hope that comes out of your mouth. Not that's just hidden in your heart. Have a hope that you tell people. Let it live in you so much that you start acting like you have a hope. This is the day that the Lord has made. 
this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Man, there's something good that God is doing in every single one of us. There's something good that God has planned for you in the future. You got to remember that. I was reminded, I was in the shower this morning going over my sermon, and this is, this is the last thing, you guys. I swear. <laughs> I, I was going through my sermon in my head and, and everything and you know, trying to change a thousand things about what I'm going to say and what I'm not going to say. And this song popped in my head, another, another memory from my past. And it's a song that my, my grandma would sing often. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and this is one of the, the songs that we would sing, and it was by Bill Gaither. And I'm just going to read you the chorus. It's just four lines, and then we're going to close. Because he lives... I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Because he lives. God, thank you. Thank you for the life of your son. Thank you for the hope, God, that goes beyond our understanding. God, I pray that we would look back today, this week, God, through the next 21 days as we're fasting. God, let us remember those times where you touched our lives individually. God, let us remember all the times that you poured into us. God, let those memories, let those things stir inside of us in a way that would bring us to a brighter future in you. God, that we wouldn't have to rely on on the, the thought of those were the days. God, that we would look to these are the days, God, and that the days of the future are yours too. God, I pray for everyone here. God, everyone watching online. God, I pray over their year. God, I pray that you would just pour blessings out on your people, God. God, I pray over this church. God, that you would pour blessings out on Relevant Life Church. God, that we not only would be blessed, but we would be so blessed that we would be able to extend our arms further this year, God, than we have ever extended before. God, that we would be able to be world changers here in this little town of Salem. God, I thank you for your mercy as we look to our past and we can understand that, God, maybe we didn't do everything right. God, I know I didn't. God, cover us with your mercy today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you guys for coming today. I, I truly believe that as we step into this next 21 days of, of community fasting, that it can be a really good turning point for our church. I know 
I don't necessarily look forward to it because like Pastor Kevin, I have this thing with food where I like it a lot too much. And he said it's been a problem for him for a while, but it's been a problem for me for about 44 years. Um, that's why I wear things to cover up my addiction. Um, but this next 21 days, I encourage you, take that flyer home, really pray about it. Let God speak to you and, and do something. Just do something. Can we, can we all agree to do something? You guys are like, yeah, but I ain't fasting. I'll do something. <laughs> if you guys need prayer, prayer team's up here, some great men of God up here today. So thank you guys and God bless. We'll see you again next week. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.